Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Well, well, well. So you come back from COVID and... There becomes an abundance of things to discuss. And so we didn't get a chance to get to this one yesterday. Derek Chauvin is seeking a new trial after being convicted in the death of George Floyd. Of course, we knew this was going to happen anyway. Former police officer Derek Chauvin is seeking a new trial after a jury last month found him guilty of second-degree unintentional murder, second-degree manslaughter, and third-degree murder in connection with the death of George Floyd. Again, I still have huge, huge issues with those three charges, but I digress. The cumulative effect of the multiple errors in these proceedings deprived Mr. Chauvin of a fair trial in violation of his constitutional rights. The filing states uh, the denial of a motion for a venue change was one of the various issues raised to argue for a new trial. But see, there's this other little thing that happened. You may or may not have heard about this. Uh, One of the jurors... One of the jurors straight up lied to the court. They are actually an anti-Chauvin protester who advocated, ladies and gentlemen, advocated getting on juries to promote change. In other words, this person who has protested against Derek Chauvin on behalf of George Floyd, but then lied and said that he didn't, wore shirts about get uh, get your knee off of our necks, Black Lives Matter, that sort of thing. He lied to the court about all of that, but he also advocated specifically lying your way onto juries, getting on juries in order to manipulate the system. Minneapolis, Minnesota, the first juror to go public from the murder trial of former Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, police officer. Derek Chauvin advocated doing jury duty to, quote, spark some change in society and participated in George Floyd protests in the nation's capital last August. Brandon Mitchell, who was juror number 52, had been making the media circuit, talking about his experience deciding Chauvin's fate and promoting his podcast. Well, I know what that's like. My critics love using me to promote their podcast, too. In the process, Mitchell advocated using jury duty for social justice purposes and revealed that he may have had an agenda. When the Hennepin County District Judge Peter Cahill questioned the jurors who had already been selected after the city made the largest pretrial settlement in U.S. history with Floyd's family during jury selection, Mitchell said that he hadn't heard anything about it except the trial dates. Now, like I said, there's some blame that goes to the defense here as well for accepting these jurors. But um, if anybody in the George Floyd case said, I haven't heard anything about this case, that's probably somebody that you dismiss because you know that they're lying. You know that they're lying. Judge Cahill asked juror number 52 whether he heard anything about the George Floyd civil case. This is what a KMSP reporter, Paul Bloom, tweeted out on March 15th. 
He says no. He explained hearing some basic info about trial dates, etc. from the news in recent months, but nothing that would keep him from serving as an impartial juror. During jury selection, the juror, Mitchell, said that he had never even watched the entire video of Floyd's death. But once the trial was over and Chauvin had been convicted on all three charges, it turns out that Mitchell had engaged in activism. Pictures posted to social media by a family member showed that Mitchell had actively participated in anti-police protests in Washington, D.C. last summer while wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts that said, Get your knee off our necks. His uncle, Travis Mitchell, posted the picture to Facebook on August 31st. The next generation being socially active, representing in D.C., my son Marzell, my nephew Brandon Renee Mitchell, and brother Maurice Jontinus Johnson, he captioned the post. Mitchell was the only juror so far from the trial who has gone public, uh, who was actually there. An alternate juror did. Uh, The alternate juror who said, I thought that Chauvin was guilty, also admitted that she was worried that the whole city was going to burn down. So he has been giving multiple interviews, various media outlets. He used those interviews to promote his own production, The Wholesome Podcast. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. He also went on a morning radio show, Get Up with Erica Campbell, on April 27th, that he believed jury duty should be used to bring about societal change. No, it shouldn't. Your job as a juror is to weigh the evidence and base your decision upon the evidence and the law. That's not to change everything. Not to try and adjust society and society's moral compass. Not to go after somebody who... Frankly, there's no evidence that Chauvin did any of the things that he was convicted of. He says, I mean, it's important if we want to see some change, we want to see some things going different. We got it. We got it into these avenues, get into these rooms to try to spark some change. He said, jury duty is one of those things, jury duty, voting, all of those things we got to do. Okay. So... Now, this is a guy who lied to everybody about what he knew about the trial, how he felt about the trial. He's admitted to wanting to use juries in order to not, not, not make sure that somebody who is innocent is found to be innocent. He also wanted to make sure that there's some societal change that happens as a result of jury duty. That's what he wants. That's, uh, that's pretty twisted stuff. Now, this, along with a bunch of other things that we knew were going to be cause for uh, the trial um, to be, for a motion for the trial to be dismissed, uh, and that's exactly what has happened. So they're seeking a new trial for Derek Chauvin. Uh, this is just the latest example of why that should probably happen. But just in case anybody thought that 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 jury and that trial was impartial and fair to Derek Chauvin, just in case you were under that delirium. Now, anybody who's reasonable will understand that that is clearly not the case. 
I wonder what that guy was lobbying like inside that jury box. I wonder what he was, uh, what he was like with the other jurors. Just kind of curious. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, before we take a quick little break, I got to tell you about Faber's B window. Uh, first of all, windows are extremely important to your home. Not only do they, well, they increase the value of your home. They obviously improve the look of your home. You can even get windows over at bwindow.com that will match the paint. You can get hardware that'll match your decor. They have all of these custom options for you available, but they also improve the energy efficiency of your home. In the summertime, it's going to keep the cool air in and the warm air out. In the middle of winter, you can keep those cold winter breezes out of your home so you can retain the heat so your family is more comfortable. No more moisture on the inside of those windows and and that sort of stuff, which can lead to mold and all sorts of uh, sweating and, and not being able to open your windows, things like that. It's a mess when you don't have the right windows. Trust me, I know. I am, I have been down this path many times. But if you go to Faber's B Window, they've been turning jury homes into dream homes since 1983. They have over 60,000 customers. They've done over 600,000 windows. They're a family-owned and operated business. And right now, they offer... Um, Discounts of up to 50% off, plus special manufacturer rebates, plus 24 months, no interest, no payments. All you've got to do is go to bwindow.com. Let Faber's B Window know that I sent you. And they do more than just windows. They've got doors and siding and porch conversions, even bathroom remodels. A lot of people are choosing to do those bathroom remodels right now. I know a lot of you are selling your homes. I know a lot of you are trying to refinance. You're trying to get the value of your home up. And now might be a great opportunity for you to do that. Bwindow.com. Favors Bwindow. Let them know that I sent you. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Impress Jewelry Creations. Mother's Day's coming up. You want to get mom something nice, right? Some of, uh, some of the moms out there might want to get something nice for themselves. Because maybe the gift giving doesn't go so well on Mother's Day. Who knows? Impress Jewelry Creations has got tons of great options. I have told you for a long time now about the IJC collection. That is their in-house collection. These are totally unique, one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry that are made by the craftsmen and women over at Impress Jewelry Creations. And nobody else has it. No awkward dinner party moments where somebody across the room has the exact same piece of jewelry because you all got it at the mall. Nope, you don't have to worry about that with the IJC collection. And they've got some of the best designers available as well. And they've got it for all different price points. And in fact, because Mother's Day is coming up, there's a special offer for you MNC listeners out there. If you spend $399 on any new purchase in-store at Impress Jewelry Creations, not online, but in-store, you can receive a complimentary gift of your choice from LaFon Jewelry, valued at up to $150. They've got these platinum layered over silver stud earrings. They've got shimmering pendants and everything else. LaFon is a, a really good, um, like all budget type jewelry company. Just fantastic stuff for, for all budgets. And if you spend $399 when you go in-store to Impress Jewelry Creations, you can get a piece from LaFon as a gift from Impress Jewelry Creations, valued at up to $150. So if you want to get a gift for mom and then help the kids get a gift for the wife, vice versa, uh, what have you, get a gift for yourself and still be able to get a gift for mom. You, however you want to do this, okay? Go to Impress Jewelry Creations and do that. Now, here's the thing. 
This is only in store and you have to mention me and this ad when you go in. If you don't, you're not going to get it. So you got to go into Impress Jewelry Creations. You got to say, Casey Hendrickson sent me from MNC and I want to do this, uh, you know, this $399 special that you have going. But you have to hurry, okay? This is while supplies last and it ends on Mother's Day. So make sure you talk to Bill Martin and his wonderful staff over there. Let them know that I sent you. Impress Jewelry Creations is on University Drive. They're in Granger next to Judy's and C. Kramer Interiors. You can also get their address on their website at impressjewelers.com. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, yeah, Coca-Cola. <clears throat> Coca-Cola. Uh, let's see. Their chief lawyer who had demanded race quotas for attorneys uh, and then resigned, has been rehired for, um, ready for this, $666,666 a month. Man, <clears throat> that's some privilege right there. That's, uh, that's, that's six digits of six privilege. That's, that's, a, that's, a, lot, that's a lot of privilege. Uh, <laughs> Coca-Cola's chief attorney responsible for orchestrating a plan to demand race quotas in outside counsel, resigned and then was rehired by the CEO on a $666,666 per month salary. This sounds like fake news. Bradley Guyton resigned last month as general counsel of Coca-Cola. Guyton said that his previous position as chief, it was previous position as chief lawyer for Coca-Cola was responsible for creating a plan that would place penalties on outside legal counsel if they failed to meet racial diversity quotas when working for the company. They announced this in January. Uh, Gaten Guyton uh, said that all law firms must commit at least 30% of build time from diverse attorneys and at least half of that time from black attorneys. Huh. Well, that doesn't sound like it's even the right quota. I digress. However, following his resignation, the plan has been put on a temporary pause with a spokesman for Coca-Cola saying that his replacement, Monica Howard Douglas, will be reviewing the plan when there is a leadership change. It takes time for the new leader to review the current status of the team, organization, and initiatives. That is Scott Leith uh, from Coca-Cola. Monica is fully committed to the notions of equity and diversity in the legal profession, and we fully expect that she will take the time necessary to thoughtfully review any plans going forward. Mm -hmm. Now, following the pause in the diversity plan, uh, most people are expecting that this thing is going to be salvaged and it's going to be there, Uh, but apparently uh, this Gaten remains employed by the company. In spite of resigning from his position as chief counsel, he is currently contracted as a legal consultant to Coca-Cola's CEO, James Quincy. He was hired with a hefty sign-on fee of $4 million and a monthly consulting fee of $666,666, according to securities filings from April 21st. <laughs> um. Yeah, so there, there's. <laughs> this has got to be a troll like that, uh, the rapper with the shoe, right? This, 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's just keep in mind, but we're just going to make sure that it's all sixes and just kind of tweak people. That's what we're, <laughs> we're going to make his salary that. Oh, and here's $4 million for your trouble. Uh, what a world, huh? It's... <laughs> I go away for a couple of days, and it's, I swear it's like the, the march towards everything awful that we're sliding to just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. What else are you going to do? I'm not done with you yet. Got plenty of absurd things to talk about coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, the great family shame continues for the Hendrickson family. Our uh, distant cousin, Anderson Cooper embarrassed himself by trying to host Jeopardy. You could forgive him for thinking that he could host Jeopardy. After all, 500 former Jeopardy contestants continue to write letters beclowning themselves, proving that, in fact, uh, they are able to memorize a bunch of useless information, but they are not at all bright. So, for those of you who don't know, distant cousin to Anderson Cooper, uh, and like I said, he's a, he's a a huge embarrassment to the family. We we've disowned him. Not very not very uh, happy about him in the bloodline. But he hosted Jeopardy and he set the record for the lowest ratings of any guest host in the entire show's history. Ow. I mean that's that's got to hurt a little, right? Like you take you take. You take over a show, you probably think you're really popular because you got a bunch of yes people in your studio telling you how amazing you are. You go to all the cocktail parties with all the wife swapping and husband swapping and shower buddying and all of that stuff, right? You, you do all of that stuff when you're inside the, the cable news circuit. And everybody is so busy puffing themselves up and puffing each other up to be super popular, and everybody loves us, and our farts don't smell, and all of that stuff. And here he goes on to Jeopardy, which is a bastion of woke idiots, and nobody wanted to watch him. (laughs) This is why we don't have him over for Thanksgiving. We don't even want him around. Uh, see, it looks like Sony Television, Sony Pictures Television won't be asking Anderson Cooper to permanently take up the Jeopardy mantle anytime soon. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure of that. There's a lot of people who get jobs in Hollywood in spite of the fact that they are not popular. Most late night hosts, for example. The silver-haired CNN anchor pulled the least viewers of any guest host since Alex Trebek died of pancreatic cancer last November at age 80. In fact, Cooper scored the smallest audience of any guest host on the show's history. Not just since Trebek died. Ever. According to ratings information obtained by The Wrap, with the 53-year-old Cooper at the helm, the long-running series dropped 7% from the week before when Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers stood behind the iconic podium. Did Aaron Rodgers try and host this thing? Y'all know he's stupid, right? Have you talked to his ex-girlfriends? <laughs> Casey, they're just disgruntled women. I'm not so sure. Have you heard Aaron Rodgers string two sentences together? Because it's bad. He's <laughs> Anyway, even Dr. Oz, who variety columnist Daniel Diodario 
accused of uh, giving the show a black eye attracted a bigger audience, putting it up a 5.2 share in his first week to Cooper's 5.1. Dr. Oz is more popular than Anderson Cooper. And I don't like either of them. And I love the fact that that happened because I know how much Anderson Cooper hates Dr. Oz. Because <laughs> you know Anderson Cooper went in there. I can almost guarantee, in fact, I will bet the safety and well-being of my board op, Josh, I will bet that Anderson Cooper told everybody around him, I'm going to beat Dr. Oz at least. Can't be that bad. As long as I beat Dr. Oz, everything will be fine. Oof, but he didn't, did he? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, by the way, the show is no longer at the top of the game show heap. It has fallen behind family feud as a result of Anderson Cooper. Um, see, this is, <clears throat> I don't often say controversial things. So here's, here's my, my little warning to you. I'm going to say something a little controversial and I know that you're not used to that. So I have to give you fair warning because I'm always just one of those easy level-headed guys who never makes any kind of controversial statements. Alex Trebek died a long time ago. It's time to hire somebody to replace him. Enough with this weird, awkward, uncomfortable parade of guest hosts. I'm going to say this again. Alex Trebek Rush, <clears throat> has passed away and it's sad, and it's tragic, and a national treasure has been lost. But it is time to move on and stop having an endless parade of fill-in hosts. <clears throat> Looking right at you, Premier Radio Network. Like I said, I don't say controversial things much, but when I do, they are importante. I'm sorry, but I just love the fact that he lost to Dr. Oz. It just, that brightens my day. The great shame of my family has shamed us further by losing to Dr. Oz. But on the other side, you know, Family Feud is, is now the top game show in the country. Which doesn't say a whole lot, because let's be honest, you don't have to be very smart to be on that show. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, this is an actual question. Another thing that I don't often do. Stop the show to answer listener questions. An actual question. How would one convince their wife to let them get an Indian motorcycle? Asking for a friend. Uh, the answer is you go buy it because you're a man and you can do whatever you want. That's what. As long as you got the money to do it, go buy it. Don't even tell her about it. Wait until she notices that you have a motorcycle. And then when she says, hey, 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 wh where did that come from? Oh, yeah, I picked it up on sale. Uh, it, was, it was a good deal. Well, you weren't going to tell me you're going to get a motorcycle? No, why should I? Well, motorcycles are dangerous. Yeah, well, so is being married to you, but I did both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a 
look, uh, here's the thing. Just say, hey, sweetheart, um, what do you think? Can we get a motorcycle? You know, is it in the budget? And if she says no, get one anyway. That's all. Don't live your life afraid. Live your life the way that you want to live your life. You can't let somebody else's fear tell you to not do something that you love. Really is that simple. And make sure you take an abate course. Please take an abate course before you even get one. Just take an abate course. Make sure you like riding a motorcycle. That's the big thing. A lot of people will take an MSF or an abate course and they realize motorcycles are not for them. So take it. Make sure you actually do want one. Um, and then, you know, if, if an Indian is it, I'd recommend you buy a used one first. But if Indian's what you want, uh, get it. If you already know how to ride a motorcycle, then, yeah, I, I highly recommend them. I love them. Absolutely love my Indian. Um, and I love what they're doing with the new line of, of uh, motorcycles, too. They're absolutely fantastic. But, you know, hey, there you go. <clears throat> Casey, I'm going to, you're going to cause a divorce. As long as he gets the motorcycle in the divorce, it doesn't really matter, does it? He's coming out ahead. this isn't hard okay this is just basic math uh but i in all seriousness take a course if you're a lot of people have been asking me about riding motorcycles lately um take a course because there were some people that i have seen in some courses who have decided i don't want to ride a motorcycle Uh, i thought that i would love the idea of it finally got on it and not for me even if they graduated, there was a, a couple of people that I knew that graduated and said, yeah, you know what? I just, I'm glad that I did it, uh, but I don't think that I want to ride a motorcycle. So I do recommend that you take the course because one, you need those basic skills anyway. Don't learn on your new motorcycle. Please don't do that. Go take one of those courses so that way you can learn on their motorcycles. And um, yeah, I mean, just take it slow and enjoy yourself. That's, that's really it. So it's not, there's not, there's not much there. I mean, it's either in you or it's not, uh, it's in me now. It has been for a very long time. And I can tell you that one of my great life regrets was waiting as long as I did to get a bike. Plain and simple. I waited entirely too long. Why? Cause my mom didn't want me to have one. Uh, then my girlfriend didn't want me to have one and my wife didn't want me to have one. And I waited and waited and waited and waited. And then when I finally got one, I really wish that I had ignored everybody for many, many years and I had gotten one. I really do. So um, don't waste any time. If you want to ride, ride. Nobody can tell you not to. They have valid concerns about your safety. Assuage those concerns as best as you possibly can. Um, My friend was hit at a red light and killed. So I wear a vest that has impact gel on it. Because the injuries that he sustained by being hit at that red light were the type of injuries that this vest is designed to prevent. That was the agreement with my wife that I wear the helmet and I wear the vest and I wear the vest and I wear the helmet. And it has luckily so far been good for me. So um, in all honesty, in seriousness, obviously you don't want to have a major purchase like that without discussing it with your spouse. Uh, But I would present it in a way that would alleviate uh, as much fear as, as they, they can. And don't live your life afraid to do the things that you love to do. Otherwise, you will not live your life. And it's not one of the things that will come back. This, this happens a lot is, well, you have kids. 
Right. And I don't want to teach my kids to not live their life because of being afraid. Now, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It tore my family up tremendously when my friend got killed. But I have no doubt that he had a giant smile in his face that whole morning riding to that light where he got hit and killed. I have no doubt in my mind. And, you know, it is a risk that we take every time we get in our vehicle. It's a risk we take every time we go to work. Uh, For those of you out there who have dangerous jobs, it is certainly something that you risk every single day. Uh, But I can also tell you that riding a motorcycle is one of the most satisfying and rewarding feelings that I have ever had in my entire life. And I would not give it up or trade it for just about anything. And I sincerely mean that. Now, for a lot of people, that is not the type of feeling that they get from it. For others, motorcycles are life. And if you take them off of a motorcycle, they might as well die. I'm somewhere in between. But if you are interested in a motorcycle, first thing you need to do is take a course. Before you buy a bike, before you commit to it, before you even have a discussion about buying one, take a course and make sure you actually want to do it. Two and a half days, you'll learn if you want to ride a motorcycle or not. Really is very simple process. Um, and if you come out of that thing going, I have to ride a motorcycle. This is clearly something that I have to do. All right, there you go. That's your next conversation. And sometimes, I've seen this happen a couple of times too, the spouse needs to take the course also. Because a lot of people have an unreasonable fear about motorcycles and they, they need to learn to ride themselves so they understand what you'll be going through and, and some of the nuances of riding a motorcycle that um, maybe the average person who's never ridden wouldn't fully comprehend or understand. Uh, and it can be really beneficial for them. So if the two of you can take it at the same time, even better. Uh, if you've got no kids, it's perfect. If you've got... Uh, if you got kids, you might have to stagger them up a little bit. But yeah, if the both of you can do that at the same time, it's it's going to go a long way in being able in being able to have them understand what riding a motorcycle is actually like versus what is ever whatever's in their head. Because it is a very different thing being on a motorcycle than what most people imagine it to be. And I'm not going to lie to you. There is an inherent risk with being on a motorcycle. A lot of that risk comes from the rider of the motorcycle themselves. So uh, don't be an idiot when you're on the bike. And then watch out for the idiots that are around you. And if you do that, most of the time you're going to be okay. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC.